Welcome to the Manly Pinterest Tip Show. Show. A show designed to assist man in his quest to succeed on Pinterest. If you have interests in the content you want to share, content you want your clients to see, learn ways to grow and succeed in this unique and exciting world, one man will assist you on your journey. To become a pinner and grow your presence online, men and women can share in the success. And here to show you how is your host, is your host Jeff C. Adding testosterone, one pin at a time. Hello, folks. Welcome to the Manly Pinterest Tips Podcast. I'm Jeff C., and you're not. Are you struggling with the performance of your social posts? Is your visual marketing missing the mark? Do you feel like it's time for a brand refresh? If you answered yes to any of those questions, then today's show is for you. But first, have you downloaded my free Manly Pinterest Tips Tackle Box? It's chock full of some of my favorite resources for creating images and productivity. Go to manlypinteresttips.com to check it out. I'm very excited to have my friend Rebecca Radice back on the show today. I've been following and been a fan of Rebecca ever since I started back on social and first founder on Google+. Yes, that was a real thing. If you don't know who Rebecca is, she is the chief marketing officer of Post Planner and the founder of Radiant LA, a premier training and development firm helping growth-driven leaders make radical shifts in digital marketing to blow the lid off past revenue milestones. Obsessive over emerging tech, AI, and all things geek. Now, this interview that I did with Rebecca was a live show where the audience was able to interact with myself, guests, and each other. If you'd like to be a part of one of our live shows, make sure to head on over to manlypinteresttips.com and join our email community to find out when our next live show is. Come join us where you can ask your own questions during the show. I've learned so much from Rebecca over the years, and you can tell from our conversation that she is passionate about social media and visual marketing. You're going to get a ton of great tips out of this episode. So let's jump right into my conversation with Rebecca Radice. Rebecca, thanks so much for being back on the show today. Uh, thank you for having me. As I said to you yesterday, there's not a moment that we can't get in a room together, get on camera together, and just have a blast. So I'm yeah. excited. It's good. I, we didn't get to talk because I know you were doing so much stuff during the Social Media Marketing World Conference, and you were like, you came in and you you had a packed room. I mean, that was that was a huge room, and you packed it out. So it was very very cool how many people uh, were there. But we didn't get to talk as much as we want to. But I have some great questions for you today. So. Um, Let's just jump right into it. And if you guys have any questions for Rebecca today uh, in our live audience, make sure to ask your questions in the sidebar uh, here in Crowdcast, and we will try to get to those during the show. Because I can only monitor one place, and so I'm monitoring Crowdcast. So if you're over on Facebook and the other places, jump over to Crowdcast, ask your question, and we'll get in, uh, get in on that. So, okay, you have a book out, which is very, very cool. And you talk a lot about strategy in your book. And, you know, I've, I've known a lot of disorganized marketers I'm kind of one of them. Uh, We want to try everything, every shiny new toy. Uh, So when you create a strategy for a new business, is it across multiple channels or do you really try to focus on one area before you move to something else? Hmm. 
It's a great question. Um, and obviously, it's going to be a little bit different depending on the size of that company, uh, really what their goals are. And, uh, you know, dependent again, what their bandwidth is. So how much, uh, how many people do they have on their team that are going to be able to manage this social media strategy? But if you're a small business, an entrepreneur, uh, you absolutely need to focus your energy on those channels where your audience is actually spending their time. Um, and like you said, I think too often, we get caught up in the latest and greatest. We get caught up in what's hot right now instead of right. focusing on, yeah, you know, where is my audience actually comfortable? Where are they hanging out and doing our due diligence before that? So yeah, it would definitely be starting there, uh, researching where your audience is spending their time uh, and not where you're most comfortable. Cause I think that's the other piece that we can mm -hmm. get confused with, which is, Hey, I really like spending my time over here on Periscope, but oh, wait a second, my audience isn't over there. Uh, so you're, you know, you're spinning your wheels, putting a whole lot of time and effort into something that really isn't pushing you forward. So first of all, researching where your audience is spending their time, and you can do that in a multitude of different ways. First of all, just ask, you know, you can ask them on social media, you can email them so many different ways. Surveys, SurveyMonkey is great mm. for that. You know, just saying, hey guys, um, I'm really looking to uh, spend more time on social media, maybe expand my brand and would love to know, you know, where are you spending your time uh, hanging out and interacting, not just with your friends, but with those brands that you follow as well. And then once you know that, it's to your point, uh, really mastering maybe one or two social networks before you move on. And I think that's another mistake a lot of people make is to jump into and think, I've got to do it all right, you know, right. and take on five, six, seven different social networks. And then before you know it, you're totally overwhelmed and wondering why you're exhausted at the end of the day, at the end of the week. So uh, really dig in, learn everything you can about Facebook, about Twitter before you move on uh, and, and then start to add those additional pieces in. And it's going to be so much easier, uh, not only on yourself, but so much easier for you to create something sustainable that mm. is going to grow with you over time. So when, let's say, you know, there's a local flower shop and, you know, you mentioned some of those doing some surveys and stuff. Is there a certain network you like have them maybe look at first? Like since there's so many eyeballs on Facebook, yeah. is that something you would kind of point them at, you know, look at this one and then, and then maybe look at some of the other ones or do you always like start with one or is, or does it not matter and you just need to go where your audience is? Well, it, you know, I think there's a couple of answers to that. First of all, uh, there's no doubt that Facebook is still the big boy on the block. Right. Uh, that's where the majority of people are most comfortable. They're talking to not only their friends and family, but they are, they're connecting with brands, with companies, with local companies that they like to keep up with. So Facebook, yes, um, I think there's so much opportunity in uh, your ability to really get out in front of a very large audience. I know we talk a lot about um, the Facebook algorithm and the fact that we can't organically get out there in front of people. Um, yes, you can. Uh, 
Uh, and there are very inexpensive ways to boost your uh, visibility out there in Facebook. So Facebook is always my uh, my top go-to because almost every industry, every vertical has an audience that they can find on Facebook. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I think so. And that and, and the amazing ability to target people with ads, even for a small yes. amount of money. Um, I, there's a couple of people I listen to. Uh, it's Holly Homer and Rachel uh, Miller. And, you know, they're they're even talking about, you know, spending, you know, four bucks on a boosted post and see what it, and that gives you people results and they can see what's working to pour more money on. So it's very, very cool. I really like the targeting. So what you know, there's this famous quote by Steve Martin that goes, you know, be so good that they can't ignore you. And you also talk in your book about outshining the competition. So socials get becoming really, really crowded. So how can we or businesses stand out in that crowded marketplace? Yeah, it, it's it is a crazy world, isn't it? That we're living in these days, <laughs> um, and and I think uh, I think that's probably one of the number one questions. No matter the size of your business, is mm -hmm. you know how how do I continue to get my message out there in a way that resonates with my audience and also in a way uh, that positions my business for growth opportunity. So no matter what you're looking to make those connections. Uh, for maybe you're selling a product, maybe you are a local business. Uh, every single person out there has a story to share. Um, we all have a story to tell. And I think at this point, we definitely recognize, especially as marketers, that sharing that unique story uh, just it completely changes the conversation. So first of all, really getting clear on what is what is it that makes you unique? What is it that uh, forced you to do what you're doing? What is it that you know causes you to jump out of bed every day and be so excited to get the opportunity to do exactly what it is that you do? And all of us have have those unique moments, uh, you know, whether they're those moments in our lives where we were working in big corporate and we decided to move over to entrepreneurism or we opened our local, you know, cycling shop because we were just avid cyclists, whatever the case is, uh, it's just really figuring out what is that story and how can you share it uh, in a compelling way, in a way that makes your readers, your audience, your social media audience and just go, wow, I totally get that. I totally relate to that. I've been there. Uh, so really helping them uh, understand better who you are, what you're all about, uh, and then how you help, most importantly. Right. So, you know, it's it's taking, and I've, I've put a formula together, and it's pretty simple, um, but it, it allows you to craft that story into a very compelling bio and about. You can really take it and put it everywhere right. across social media. So, First of all, it's figuring out what are those problems that you solve. So think about the top three things that people come to you for. What do they hire you for? You know, when they're searching for you, 
what is that solution that they desperately need from you? Right. Uh, and then think about um, two to three things that make you unique, like I was talking about. What are those key differentiators that just make you uniquely you, that you do better than anybody else? And I know sometimes it's hard for people to you know, pat yourself on the back right, and exactly. say, woohoo! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm really great at this. Uh, But this is a good time for you to do that, to really think about, you know, what is it that uh, I know without a shadow of a doubt I can help Jeff with? You know, I'd be able to just knock his socks off because I do so well. Um, And then think about those three words that anybody would use to describe your company. Mm-hmm. Uh, so are you energetic? Uh, do, you know, do people say when you walk in the room, you just right. light things up? Um, think about those words that people would really use to describe you. And if you have a tough time with that again, sit down with people you trust. You know, right. I would sit down with your friends, your close friends or your family that are gonna be very honest with you, very candid, uh, but kind. <laughs> Of course. Um, And and find out, get their feedback. It's it's really a fun process to go through to hear, you know, how people view you, how they see you. I did this with quite a few different people um, as I was building out my company. And I've done this a couple of times and it always makes me laugh because I will see myself one way and my husband of course is like right. um yeah no I don't see that at all right <laughs> that could be a good and bad thing but it yeah, so, yeah. I mean, asking your friends I think and colleagues and you know a lot of times we're really hesitant oh we can't you know but the things with social media I mean technically you and Peg and Elisa and we all are in the same business, but we really do collaborate. We really talk. And I know if I have a, you know, hey, is this a good idea? I know that you won't one, shoot it down, but you'll go, oh, that is, or why don't you try it this way? And I think right. that collaboration um, is, is really huge. And, and and I actually have an Evernote document where I have, when people have posted stuff on social media after I've talked or when I when I do something that they they, it's kind of my encouragement. I go back and look at it mm. and see, you know, oh, I guess I am okay. But oh, I can use I that. I love many, that, though. Yeah. You can see a pattern, too, and you're going, okay, they really like that I explain this well. So I must be able right. to explain things well. So how can I use that in my business? So I think that's something you can do just kind of practical as well. I love that. I, I think that's for the exact reasons you just mentioned. Obviously, not every day is sunshine and roses. I know that's shocking, <laughs> that's but it's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it is. It's it's great for those those days where you need a little encouragement. But I think for from your point, it's a very data driven way mm-hmm. to look at how am I doing? You know, what are those things that people say consistently? I'm really good at. And then how can I a leverage that? How can I? get better within that area, um, you know, so improve upon that? Or how could I take that and utilize that within my business to help other people? Uh, And I think that's the beauty in being a a small business owner or entrepreneur, too, is you can be very agile in that sense, where if something's working within your business, why not take that and show somebody else how to do that? So really understanding what those, those unique skills and qualities are that people really, really love about you there's just so many different benefits to that yeah. i wanted to would do a shout out to this local company that is here that does um 
you know, you talk about outshining the competition, and I think they do it so well. They're actually a a snow cone. They're called shivers, and they they make snow cones out of a uh, airstream trailer, which is really cool. But at the oh. end of the day, and they're and they're killing it on Instagram. And at the end of the day, what they're doing is they're because t- they sell out every day. They have a, a a sign that says sold out, and they have a little kid standing there, and it's a new kid every day holding the last ice cream cone or the last snow cone and taking a picture of that and posting it on their social. And I just think that's a genius way, yeah. you know, to one scarcity is is right. great. You know, get there early. You got to get that. But they're using it and leveraging on social, and they do just such a good job. And just from here in Longview, Texas, they're just killing it. There's lines now every every night, and uh, that's one way I think people can think creatively and try to you know outshine their competition. So yeah, yeah, the creativity it, it really does. It, it it creates that 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 line in the sand. I think between you and everybody else over here that's doing the same old thing, right. where you've, for lack of a better phrase, because I know we all hate it now, but you're thinking out outside the box. Right. You're getting outside of those those preset limitations that I think a lot of times we set on ourselves too, where it's like, oh, well, you know, everybody's done this. There's nothing new. I'm not going to be able to create anything that somebody else hasn't already done. Um, but you can because you're unique. You're you and you can put your own spin on something just like that, which is brilliant. Yeah, and it's and it doesn't cost them anything right. at all, and people and the kids are fighting to get to be that last person. So I just think it's genius all the way around. So, well, um, let's move on. You know, I just finished this book called The Twelve Week Year, which is an excellent book, uh, and it talks a lot about measuring your goals, and you talk about that a lot as well. So, how do you you I mean, and we talked about the shiny new thing syndrome, but also, you know, when we start writing out our goals we can get overwhelmed. You know, if you write out, okay, I need to post this much on Facebook, I need to engage this much, and, and you all of a sudden your task lists, and you kind of get into vapor lock where I don't know what to do. So <laughs> how do you limit and really focus on the goals that are gonna move your business kind of to the next level? So what are your some suggestions that way? Yeah, well, I think first of all, it's, it's getting clear on why you're using social media in the first place. I, I think too often, um, especially for us as early adopters, you know, we just jumped on social media. We were like, what is this? Right. And we didn't really have a whole lot of goals at, at the, the onset, except, hey, I'm gonna be able to make a whole lot of connections. Right. Um, but today we do, we have that opportunity to uh, really get cr- crystal clear on why am I using social media and how is it going to support uh, the the overall growth of my business? So first think about, you know, what is it that you're trying to achieve? Do you want to build brand awareness? Do you want to create authority within your space? Do you want to familiarize people with your product or your service? Just like we were just talking about with that local example, you know, do you want to use social media and, and live video just like we're doing here today? to be able to connect people to your brand. So first and foremost, it's understanding why you're using it Mm -hmm. because that's where the disconnect comes from. That's where the, well, I'm on social media, but I'm not getting the ROI. I'm not getting the results I want comes in. And it's because you didn't sit down and clearly define where you were headed with social media in the first place. So start there. 
uh, really understand. And if it's just awareness and engagement at first, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, right. You know, there's there's nothing wrong with growing into a social media strategy. I think that's the other aspect of it, too, is we think, oh, my God, I got to do it all and I have to do it right now. Um, and I know nothing about that being a type A personality. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you know, I, I totally get that right. desire to make everything happen right this second. And so I would really encourage people to, if you're just dipping your toe into social media or really setting goals, um, start small, you know, start, start with those smaller goals of, okay, I want to achieve. And I'll, I'll give you some examples of what, you know, some of these might look like. And of course, it's really good to depend on whether you have a budget for social media too. Um, you know, being the CMO of a bootstrapped um, company where, you know, everything we do is organic, um, my thought always immediately goes to how can we utilize, you know, content marketing and how can we best get our message out there without a huge marketing budget? So, you know, your goals may be that you want to increase the quality of the content that you're putting out mm. across social media and then just chunk that down. So chunk that down into, so what does that actually look like on a day-to-day -day basis? How will I improve uh, the content quality that I'm putting out there. Well, it might be that I'm uh, hiring a VA to help me hand curate five pieces of just quality content on a day-to-day -day basis. Maybe it's that I'm gonna build relationships with 10 influencers and I'm gonna share five of their posts on a daily basis. So just get really granular down into the day-to-day -day of how are you gonna push that goal forward? Um, and we look at it from an ob objective and key results. So your objective is that big, bold goal uh, that is gonna really push you forward. Uh, and then your key objectives are, what do I have to focus on every single day so I don't get caught up in shiny object syndrome and direct myself right and so I mean I remember when I first started I got to like I just I just wanted to create a piece of content a week and that was it and so I started really small I was like I'm gonna really try just to get you know one piece of content out and when I did that I felt good and then I you know eventually ramped it up and did more and so I think your point about starting small but having a measure measurable goal that you can you can try to hit is very important as well so um, do you do anything to, are there like tools that you, that you like to use to like track and measure your goals for social media? Or do you just old fashioned and write it out and have a little checklist by it? How do you, how do you do it? Yeah, you know, I, no matter how much I've tried and I love tools, don't get me wrong. I use them right. every day. Um, I come back to, uh, collaboration within Google with my team. So we use Google Sheets and Google Docs for just about everything. So I've created an entire metrics dashboard. Um, and this is something that I'm actually going to be offering, uh, mm -hmm. in an upcoming course that I'm putting together that will help you measure those metrics that are most important to your company. Um, but yeah, you know, I, again, I take it back to simplicity. If it's, if it's a tool that is forcing you to spend an inordinate amount of time 
A, learning it, uh, spending too much time in it on a day-to-day basis, you need to chuck it um, because you need to be focused on your highest and best. And uh, those are typically, you know, your sales opportunities, opportunities that are going to generate revenue for your business. Um, So keep it simple. Um, You know, like I said, I am just a huge fan of Google Sheets. And it's just so simple to build out those key metrics, whether they're social media related, website, blog. You can keep it all right there in one location um, mm-hmm. and, and then just collect those, you know, throughout the week. Yeah. And, it's, and something that can be shared easily and also is you can have on all your devices, I think, is key. And then yeah. I, my thing is, is do do the one that you like to use. I mean, I have one for my uh, my task list is to do to doist, And I love it because it, it yes. you know, I can yell at Alexa and she'll add it to my my uh, to do list, which I think is really, really cool. So well, I think it's what, whatever you use that works for you and does like you said you don't spend like gobs of time messing around right. and dragging yeah and no i totally agree yeah. find what so, works and stick with it exactly so you know you mentioned another thing um in the in your book about a, a different kind of goal that i hadn't really heard of before but i when i thought about it i was like well i do do that but it's a stretch goal so can you explain mm-hmm. what you mean by a stretch goal and why it's important to have them Yeah, so stretch goal is really one of those goals that when achieved would just blow your mind. You would be like, okay, never in a million years did I think I could ever achieve that. Um, It's, you know, what we've called for many, many years at BHAG, that big, hairy, audacious goal where it it makes your tummy kind of, you know, feel queasy and you get scared half to death thinking, how in the world am I going to make this happen? Um, But but it's a goal that you know when you accomplish it, you, know, you are going to be high-fiving yourself for days right. because it's just it's something that is directly aligned with what you're looking to achieve. So it does have to be very strategic in that sense. We can tend to get uh, derailed as creatives and look at, you know, oh, but it's pretty and shiny and exciting and <laughs> run off yeah. in that direction. So you do have to get very clear on what you're looking to achieve and then just up your game. You know, you're just going to level that up by about a hundred percent. And at first, when I first started doing these a few years ago with the Post Planner team, I would just laugh. I'm like, oh, pfft. There's right. no way. There is right. no way we're doing this. Um, and and yet that was the fun in it of how in the world are we going to make this happen? Um, and if you are a part of a team, I cannot begin to tell you uh, what it does to synergize and really energize your team, bringing everybody together, working towards that that same goal. Yeah, I think that's that's key. And, and Pat Flynn made a good point about, and he called it something different than stretch goals, but uh, these big, crazy goals. That's that's where stuff happens. It that's is. where you know. Yeah. That's every time something good happens to me personally, and and Pat even talked about his own personal experiences. Is when something was scary and was really hard to do. And those sounds like the stretch goals. And yeah. and that's you know that's you know getting and doing a, a show or a podcast that was mine you know it might be it's different for everybody else i think that you know it might be doing one live video that might f- be a huge stretch for somebody mm-hmm. um and so i think but that's when awesome stuff happens and those opportunities come i think in your business is when you uh, couldn't agree those, more 
Yeah, yeah, I could not agree more. And I will, I'll just caution one more time because Mm -hmm. it's, it's very easy to get caught up in the latest and greatest and think, well, everybody says I should be doing this. Um, But just be very, very careful that there is a purpose and a strategy behind that stretch goal. So for you, I mean, you're such an, of course, Pat is too, Mm -hmm. such terrific examples of taking that fear and just beating it down Um, and look what it's done to elevate your brand um, to create awareness around your brand look at the doors of opportunity that have swung wide open because of that so that's why i say I, i really caution that you're not running down and chasing this you know big hairy audacious goal that at the end of the day where is it going to get you right because and i think here's a good point because you and i both have talked about this before too is you know snapchat was cool you know mm. two years ago that was what everybody was talking about like at social media marketing world that was all snapchat everybody's you have to do snapchat well you and some other people you know you looked at it and you you, you know, you could talk about it intelligently, but you didn't pour everything into building your Snapchat presence because right. you know what worked for you. And you knew that blogging and that the, the stuff you were doing is was really working. And so you were like, hmm, it's cool, but it's not for my audience. And I think that is a good example because, you know, it's still growing, going strong for that demographic. But most of our peers are kind of like, I can concentrate on something else. And yeah. that was a lot of time wasted if you would have done gone down that road and it it didn't matter so yeah that's just, that's an excellent point you you do have to be very very clear about uh where you're going to spend your time how you're going to spend your time um and if those goals are aligned with your overall strategy i'll tell you you know to this day i i feel like i have just perfected and perfected and perfected my own productivity um but to this day i have to get just stir with myself of every day, you know, what are those two big things that Mm -hmm. absolutely have to get done and then everything else you know, kind of falls behind that because otherwise, yeah, you know, we are binging all over the place and spending our time on things that just quite frankly don't deserve our attention. Right. Right. Well, here's something that probably does need to deserve our attention, and I know I need to work on it myself. But um, you have a chapter about the importance of creating gr- a great profile on the different networks, and you even drop some tips from our friend uh, Peg Fitzpatrick in there. And so why is a great pro- po- uh, profile on your social media platforms so important? Well, you know, it's really the first place that people are going to land. It's the first place that they're looking to figure out, you know, if they're on Twitter, if they want to follow you, if they're on Facebook, if they want to like your page, if they want to connect with you. Uh, And it's such an underutilized piece of real estate, in my opinion. You mentioned Google Plus, you know, and it's still, I think, an important place that at least you've built out your profile um, because there's just all these different areas across the web that you want to ensure that no matter where people are finding you and connecting with you, you're just instantly recognizable. They know who you are because you're using that consistent profile picture. Uh, You've talked about the same things within your bio. Uh, So you've shared with people your story. You've shared with them, you know, what problems you solve, what solutions 
solutions you provide, you shared with them, uh, just all those things that are going to be really critical to them making an informed decision about working with you. And I think too often we we shy away from that. Again, it goes back to, I don't know how to talk about myself. I don't know what I should say. Um, And and, and I get it. It can be very, very difficult um, to to write a bio about yourself. You know, I've been doing uh, marketing. I've been an entrepreneur for 20 years now, and it's it's never the easiest thing in the world to do to write about yourself. So no matter how many times you do it, uh, it's still a challenge to uh, kind of pat yourself on the back and talk about those things that you've done uh, that really make you stand out. But that's what's uh, really critical, I think, is, you know, back to your earlier point, too, of how do you shine online? How do you stand out? It is those little nuggets that you talk about about yourself that will be those connectors for people to uh, just instantly identify with you and understand what your value is and how you're going to be able to help their business. Uh, Obviously, that's just so critical, too, so that they're self-selecting into your product or service. That's a great point. I think it's also important too to not to write your profile so you don't sound like a jerk. Don't use the word ninja or guru in your in your profile because that that is just I don't know. So I you know and it is hard and just like we mentioned before, I usually when I write a profile, I either send it to you, Peg, or Lisa, or, or Mike Alton, or somebody, and go, Hey, does this does this me? Is it, or does this sound right? And there, there's always tweaks. So uh, yeah. that's when again collaboration is huge on that kind of stuff. So. Um, and I, I know a lot of people struggle with, you know, creating the right image for their brand. And I know this ties into how, you know, how to stand out, like we mentioned earlier. And you have always nailed uh, your look and feel. So kind of take us back and, and tell us how you developed that. I know it's been a process, but kind of a bird's eye view. How did that come about, uh, your your branding? <laughs> Uh, well, uh, uh, over time, like you said, it definitely okay. evolved. Um, but for me, it was uh, starting out with uh, really identifying what I wanted my brand to represent. Um, and because it's a personal brand and an extension of me, it needed to be very uh, true to my personality. And so for me, it was first nailing down uh, the color scheme. So what was going to be my primary and my secondary and my tertiary colors and figuring out um, how those were all going to combine and support one another. And so once I figured out the orange, um, and that has stuck with me since day one, uh, then it was figuring out... and. Let me back up just a step because, you know, orange really tells the story in and of itself. And so does every color. Uh, So if you're just at those beginning stages and figuring out what is my brand color, think about um, what is that that color representing. And so orange is energetic. It's uh, lively. It's fun. um, And I... Hopefully, that's exactly, you know, how my brand comes across. Uh, But I felt those were very true, you know, to my personality. And so you got to think about, 
if if you know maybe you're an attorney maybe black being um stability and um really that professional look and feel might be the color you want to go with or blue which is calming or green which is you know definitely aligned with nature or money you see that a lot in the mortgage world right. uh, so think about how that color is going to best represent your brand uh everywhere so both online and offline and then it's figuring out everything else that that kind of falls into that which is your fonts um your messaging so your tone of voice and Thinking about, uh, again, you know, is is your brand very serious? Uh, are the conversations you're having um, uh, that that very um, serious tone that people need to understand that uh, when they're reaching out to you, it's not going to be, you know, fun and games and, and goofy memes. Um, right. So think about how you're going to get your message across as well. Uh, you know, it's... It, I, I, I see, again, a big disconnect in this area where people just can't figure out how to translate who they are. Maybe they're an established business and they're, you know, translating that online or they're a personal brand and they're trying to bring all that they are into the online world. And it's just, I think Peg has said this probably a hundred bazillion times, and it's so true, but when you are honest about who you are, that just reflects into everything you do. And it makes, it just makes life so easy. Um, and so I, I would just, again, challenge people to don't feel as if you need to build this persona around you. Just mm -hmm. pull from your core values values from what makes you you uh, and everything that you believe in and you've infused into your business and your brand will just naturally and organically start to build out from that um, it, it's a it's definitely a process it's a process I take a lot of people through through consultations and it's so much fun um, because right. it's almost that enlightenment of Oh my gosh, I never thought about that. I never thought about the fact that uh, I, you know, I'm more a blue person than I am a green or pink is so right. not my color, you know, for Peg, pink is, oh my gosh, she couldn't have nailed, you know, a better color right. if she tried. Right. Uh, so it's just, you know, it's really figuring out what the essence of your business is and then using your brand to amplify that across all of your social channels, but obviously your website and your blog as well. Yeah, and I think you can be professional, but still have fun. And I think that's mm -hmm. why, like you and 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 other and Peg have succeeded, is because you have a very professional, very well designed brand. But there's still some. It's like you said, it's you. It's there's some playful aspects about it, you know. And and you and you're um just I use your uh, pins as an example in in some of my talks of of you're always testing things, but your brand is always consistent. So yes, the girl may change her hair color sometimes <laughs> in those pins that go through yes. and, or, or she may be gone completely and there may be a rocket ship, yeah. but that core color and the core playfulness and look and feel is, is constant no matter what, even when you're testing stuff. So what would you tell brands who or businesses who, you know, they're like, I'm tired of what I may, and maybe I made a mistake. I want to refresh. Yeah. So how, how can they go about doing that and still 
you don't want to lose your audience when you refresh, but how can you maybe um, even grow your audience when you're doing like a brand refresh? Oh, well, I think there are so many fun ways that you can do that. And uh, a great way is getting your audience involved. So, you know, do some mock-ups of your new design or your new logo and ask them, ask them, do you like this one or do you like this one? And as you're talking about, um, you know, are we more playful and fun or are we more serious and our tone, uh, you know, definitely takes on um, something a little bit less goofy on a daily basis. Um, Ask your audience, you know, because again, I think this goes back to what I was talking about earlier too, which is how you see yourself and not necessarily how others see you. Uh, so it can be very enlightening um, just to ask those questions and to get them involved in that process too does several different things. First of all, um, there's buy-in where all of a sudden, you know, they're excited about being able to have a voice and take mm-hmm. part in being a part of your transformation. Um, and then they're also going to be excited when and you start to drip out different pieces of that. So maybe you share with them your new blog design or you give them a sneak peek into the new design of your app, you know, whatever that is. Um, just involving them in that entire process creates this, this situation where now they're rallying around you. They're excited to support you. They're excited to uh, share it on social media. They're excited to become a part of spreading the news on your behalf. So they become that extension, that marketing extension of your business. So I would definitely, you know, don't be afraid um, to make that transformation. I think there are so many times where either, you know, our businesses evolve over time uh, and Mm -hmm. likewise our audience change as we evolve. And there's always an opportunity. We've gone through this a couple of times at Post Planner of redesign. Um, And so there's always a chance to reinvent yourself and take your audience along on the ride with you to do that. Uh, Elisa says in the comments, she goes, I always know your pins, Rebecca, even the very old ones. So, yeah, <laughs> even so, those big, ugly old ones. Uh, sometimes I look at them like, oh, so bad. But I know, but then I you mean. see the repins. Yes. <laughs> You're like, I got, I got to leave them. I got to leave them. I know. Them. Can't yeah. touch them. So, yeah. So, you know, we teased in the title here, the formula for high performing social content. Now, is that only content that goes viral? Or so what do you consider high performing? So, I think that some people may be confused, especially just getting started. They want, you know, their video to go viral. Well, I've gotten a lot of jobs after, you know, um, or contacts with people who led to paid jobs um, from a video that's only maybe 200 people have seen. So how do you, what do you consider high performing? Yeah, well, and, and that's a terrific point because it goes back to know your goals. Um, so high performing content could be your high traffic content, you know, on your website or your blog. So it's that evergreen piece of content, that piece of content that today, you know, tomorrow, two years from now, is still going to be relevant to your audience and still bringing traffic over to your website. Um, it could be high converting content. So it could be content mm-hmm. that it just continues to convert leads into sales or readers into subscribers. So again, goes back to knowing what you're trying to achieve with your content. Uh, it could also be on social 
highly engaging content. So that content that is getting those likes, those shares, those retweets, just time and time and time again. And um, I, I consistently go back through my content. I, we A-B test, you know, just about every piece of content, um, both in uh, the messaging. So for example, you know, we'll use the headline, uh, the title from a blog post versus a quote from the mm. blog post. And we'll see which one performs better. Uh, and, and then that one gets put, you know, on repeat to where it just goes out. And there are those pieces of content that no matter, you know, how many times over how many years you share that content, right. it just gets shared like crazy. So know your goals and understand how, you know, those conversions or how that traffic or how those likes all play into supporting you hitting those every single week or every single month. Very cool. So, you know, we, we both love visual content. So what are some tips that you have for taking existing visual content and maybe tweaking it to perform better? Ooh, such a fun question. <laughs> so many different ways we can go with that, right? Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, it, it's, uh, it, it's back to the branding aspect where you can tweak everything from um, your color scheme, uh, you know, so uh, how dominant your main color plays. I think I've, I've talked to you about this where I've tested mm -hmm. my orange and uh, a solid orange background performs poorly for me, very, very bad, mm -hmm. um, where uh, just that clean, more white space uh, with the orange in there does very well. So testing out variations of your branding colors. Uh, also elements are a great way to test too. Uh, one element as, you know, just that one main focal point as opposed to mm -hmm. having uh, a little bit busier uh, amount of elements within that, or it could be uh, more a lifestyle feel with your images as opposed to uh, a vector type of graphic. So there's a, gotcha. there's a lot of different ways that you can test out that content. And especially in the early days is figuring out what your audience responds to, um, what gets them to actually click, what gets them right. to share. And I will tell you that it's going to be different across every social network. It's very different on Pinterest as opposed to Twitter or Facebook. Uh, and especially if you're running ads on Facebook, you're mm. really going to have to test uh, then because I have found that what works in just the newsfeed as opposed to an ad is very, very different for my brand and others. So um, don't be afraid to get out there and test a variety of elements um, just to really get a wrong hypothesis and then that data to back that up into what works and then repeat it over and over. Mm. And I think that's the other thing too, people forget, Jeff, is that uh, it's not a one and done. You know, you don't just throw <laughs> right. it out there once and it's like, well, let's right. try again. Uh, once you right. find something that works, put that process in place and just do it over mm. and over and over. So you do become that that recognizable brand. So when I know you, we've talked about this before, but you split test and with the girl on your on your images and then without. And I've noticed even with uh, on Post Planner, 
um, they have a very distinct, uh, distinct style as well. Did you guys test? It's kind of that hand-drawn, yep. some of it. Um, look, did you guys test that a lot before you launched kind of that visual campaign, I guess? Yeah, we, we really did. And because we, we made a huge uh, move from where we were. And uh, mm-hmm. it was a lot of testing involved because I'll tell you, we were a little nervous about it, that it just wouldn't translate. Um, but for us, it was all a part of the graduation of the brand too, right, where, right. It, it, you know, we were moving people into higher level content, kind of a higher level thought process, higher level strategies. Um, so there was that idea behind it too. We really wanted everything to uh, support that overall goal. And so, yeah, you have to think about what do you like, but more importantly, what is your audience like? You know, what is going to perform well? So uh, again, going back to putting it out there and asking your audience, asking for their feedback, we did a lot of that uh, of, you know, which one feels more like uh, our brand, which one says to you, you know, X, Y, Z, whatever it is that you're looking to achieve with, with your content. Because if, if people are like, and we, we got a lot of that in the early days, it was, uh, gosh, we spent months um, on our, our final iteration, which you see now, which mm-hmm. is very hand-drawn. Um, right. But it, it, it even came down to, you know, which you know as a designer, you know, the thickness of, you know, the right, pen and right. the pencil that they were using um, that, to, to the thickness of the font was too much, you know, it was too bold or too right. abrasive or too in your face. There's and so that much. stuff makes a difference. Yeah. And And the thing is, when you're split testing that, you only can do so much at a time or you'll get lost in the process. So, you know, okay, now we're just going to test the thickness of the font and run with that for a while. Because if you do too much stuff at once, then you're you get all skewed and you can't find out what worked or not. So that's really important as well. So very true. So let's say we've 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 created some high performing content. So how can we automate some of this process? You know, because as much as I like social media, I can't be on 24-7 all the time. I know. It seems like I am. So what are some of your tactics and tips that you use to automate some of this stuff? Yeah, so I I have been for years um, a a huge fan of both Post Planner and Sprout Social. Um, Post Planner is, uh, they do very different things in this sense, where Post Planner helps me uh, find terrific content. It helps me consolidate all of my uh, favorite authors. So I have you know, you and Peg and so many others, Elisa, uh, in a folder where instead of me having to run around all over um, the web trying to remember, oh, maybe Jeff posted today, I should go find that. <laughs> um, it just right. automatically pulls it in and then it scores it on top of that. So it's scoring it for virality and it's going to push it up to the top. So I can just go through and boom, 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 I can schedule out some of your content. Uh, And then with Sprout Social, 
I can monitor, I can listen, uh, so I can listen to keywords, I can listen to uh, all of those mentions of the brand, um, making it very easy for me to quickly get in uh, and engage on a daily basis. And then another one of my absolute, and it's a newer favorite tool is Brand24, which Brand24 is also a monitoring tool. But what I love about it is that it sends me alerts. And it's, <laughs> I love their emails, Rebecca, storm alert, which means you have a lot of conversation going on. Um, well, that's good, yeah. And it monitors all channels across the web, um, but it allows me in you know five minutes to come in and just boom, boom, boom. Uh, and for those companies that are looking to do influencer marketing, oh, my gosh, I think it's an invaluable tool because you can actually filter by influence. Um, so yeah, you could filter by a seven to a 10 on the influencer scale uh, to really identify as a brand who those people are that are engaging with your brand on a consistent basis and go out there and thank them or send them a little care package or whatever it is. So yeah, that's a, another one of my, my favorite tools. Uh, I use uh, uh, Gora Pulse yeah. because I love it because it's yep. like an inbox for all my social stuff. And so I even use it for my clients because I can go once a day and go, okay, I need to respond to this or have, you know, uh, for them. So that's th th those are invaluable when you start scaling your business. For so sure. speaking of scaling, um, you know, what's, when is it time for a business? And I know you and I have both been in this situation before, you know, especially like solopreneurs or, or uh, personal brands to think of hiring help. Like if, even if it's just a VA, when do you start looking at, okay, I want to have some, some breathing room. I want to have some vacation. When do I, you know, when is that time to do that? And when, uh, and what tasks should you start with delegating out to other yeah. people? Uh, you know, to that, I would say almost immediately. Um, if, if you're <laughs> in it to make money, uh, and I'm assuming that most people are, uh, you have got to focus on your highest and best. You have got to focus on those three to five things that you cannot delegate to anybody else. So, you know, is it writing content? Is it doing videos? Um, what are those things that you absolutely cannot give away and are so critical to the growth of your business? Maybe it's consultations, meeting with clients, um, whatever that looks like for you, uh, write it down. Write down what those things are that you cannot give away. And then everything else has got to go. Everything else has to be given in a way. Um, I have had uh, the same, I've, I've worked with the, the, the same assistant and now I've had the same team for, oh my goodness, you know, five years. Uh, but it, they're invaluable. When you find people that do things better than you and every single one of them does, uh, where I've plugged them into those areas where uh, we are all supporting each other, we're all helping each other to that end goal, all of a right. sudden your time is freed up to where you don't feel like you're running around like you know, a crazy person trying to get everything done. Okay, I lied. That never fully goes away, right? <laughs> it you're always feeling right. a little crazy. Right. But uh, at least if you're performing at your highest level, 
Um, and, and that's really what VAs do. And so my team, uh, both on Post Planner and my team, uh, personally, we're spread out in nine different countries. So you don't have to have somebody sitting there in, you know, within your vicinity, your backyard to be successful. They just need to be really, really good at, at what it is you need them to do. And I also, um, would, would really caution that you don't try to fit somebody into a one size fits all uh, to where you think, oh, this person is amazing. And so they're going to be able to do this and this and this and this. Right, it's just right. not realistic. You know, mm-hmm. there's there's not many people that do everything really well, no matter, you know, no matter how many times we'd like to believe that we do. But <laughs> right, um, right. so I think it's being really honest with yourself about what is it I need to focus on every day? Where is it that I kind of suck? And I need help. Um, and who are those people that when I plug them in, they're going to allow me to run a hundred times faster. So they're duplicators. They duplicate what you're, they're allowing you to duplicate your efforts within your business. Um, but they're also accelerators where they're allowing you to move at a lightning pace. I think that's great advice. I, I think if there's anything, it's like, um, what you said about doing it now when you first start, because it is very, it's really hard to let stuff go. Mm. But once you do, there's huge Ooh, amount of freedom. So much freedom in it. And then you just see, and then you can see, and you can start strategizing and using those those assets or whatever those people are creating for you in better ways. And uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, start as, I wish I would have started a lot sooner than what I, what but I did. That's okay. So. There's, there's always time to start and there's always time to take a step back. And for me, it's always, as my husband says, take your hands off the wheel. You don't have to control <laughs> everything. Um, and, and there's that's always great. an opportunity to do that. Um, and, and just really define what it is that is most important to you and then and find those great people there's so many people out there that do amazing work uh and and they just need to find the right person to come alongside uh and work alongside and those people in my opinion are invaluable um my team is invaluable because they allow me to get out there and do what i love to do and i allow them to do what they love to do every single day so uh, if if you're thinking that you know you're either holding yourself back by not doing it all or or you're, you're putting too much on somebody else, recognize those are probably things you hate anyway that you're right, trying right. to do. And there's somebody that absolutely right. loves doing that stuff. That's like what, that's what I, accountants, perfect yes. example. <laughs> yeah, yes. you know, that's the, that is the thing. Don't, don't even mess with that stuff with me. So, well, I want to get to, there's a question from Jack. I want to, I want to ask, I want to ask you because he uh, put this in earlier and it's, where do you see Facebook chat bots playing a role in a company's social media strategy? And what are you doing to implement this new technology into your arsenal of marketing techniques and tactics? In addition to that, what are some of the KPIs that you think are vital that you see so many people overlooking? 
I think that's uh, something we have to be very, very careful with. You know, to me, it's an emerging technology, uh, so it's not going to be for everybody. Uh, again, it's a, a shiny object that could definitely mm-hmm. derail people. Uh, I am very excited about it. I see huge opportunities for, uh, you know, let's say that infopreneur that's creating products out there and looking to connect with people uh, through chatbots. So I I think it's very important, again, that it's aligned with your strategy, that it supports what you're trying to achieve. But I have absolutely no problems in uh, testing it out because I think given the right scenario and the right situation, uh, it it could be a huge, huge win for a business. But again, it goes back to also being very careful that you're you're not burning your audience out in one particular mm-hmm. area too. You're not beating them over the head um, with your content. And uh, to me, it always goes back to um, asking their permission and making sure that it's all permission based. Um, that you're not you know just shoving content down their throat. And we're not putting ourselves back into another scenario where it just becomes a spammy channel. Uh, and right. we're all going to tune it out and stop listening pretty quickly. So I think we have to be very cautious. Very, very good points. I actually, I actually have a chat book chat bot on mainly Pinterest tips, Facebook page. That was an experiment. It's really cool because it, People can ask it, you know, and, and see a menu system of when our next show is. Um, and it can do some fun things, too. So if you're there, ask it, how mainly are you? And you'll get a different response every time. So it's very, very cool. And I think for customer service, some of that stuff is can oh, really, phenomenal. really help. As long yeah. as you can, as long as you go back in there and follow up in a real voice right. and not just always use canned responses, I think. And you talked about that in your book as well. So um, the other question he had um, what are some the KPIs that you think are vital in, that you see so many people overlooking? And I think we kind of answered some of those yeah. today. Um, but is there anything else that just comes to mind that you think people are really overlooking? Um, uh, you know, it, I, I think it really just goes back to knowing um, what you're trying to achieve because too often people are chasing the wrong metric. Um, and mm. if you're chasing the wrong metric, you're going to wonder why you're never achieving the results that, that you're hoping to achieve, whether that's in social media, whether that's, you know, revenue based, um, whatever the case may be. So, just be be very honest with yourself in as you're putting these KPIs together that are these uh, those vanity metrics that might look good, you know, for example, I want to double my amount of followers, you know, on my Facebook page. Well, okay, great. That sounds like a terrific <laughs> uh, goal, but what are you going to get with that? You know, so if, if you can't clearly say, well, because of that, I'm actually going to, inc- I'm, I'm going to double my conversion rate. Um, I'm going to double my conversion rate from leads to sales. Um, I'm going to double, you know, my revenue, my sales revenue over the next year, then it's not going to do you any good. So it's, it's really being crystal clear on what you're trying to get out of that particular goal and whether it's serving your ultimate purpose. 
Very, very cool. Thanks for that. Thanks for that question, Jack. Uh, last question, Rebecca, where can people find you online? What's the best place to get you? Best place is RebeccaRidis.com. And even if you spell it wrong, you'll still find me. Uh, <laughs> because, of course, my parents could not make my spelling easy. Um, <laughs> and funny. then you can find me anywhere on social at Rebecca Redis. Uh, so you name it, Facebook, uh, Twitter, you mentioned Google Plus, still over there. Uh, Instagram, um, you know, so just about anywhere you look, you just Google my name and you will find me. Awesome. And as always, we'd love for you guys to visit mainlypinterships.com. Click on the sidebar and subscribe to our email community so you'll never miss a great guest like we had with Rebecca today. Because at Mainly Pinterest Tips, we're always adding testosterone one pin at a time. See you next time, everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks, Rebecca. Thank you. Thank you for joining Jeff on his mission to help you be successful in the Pinterest world. Would you like to take part in a live show? Be sure to join Jeff's email community at manlypinteresttips.com. Adding testosterone. One pin at a time.